0: Well, a few uh, a few years ago, um, our daughter Sarah, who was nine at the time, uh, came home on the first day of winter break uh, with a Christmas present uh, from one of her friends at school. It was a teddy bear that was filled with a bunch of other smaller presents. Um, but that's not what Sarah wanted to show me. Um, she pulled out the handmade card uh, that came with it. And she handed me that card and she told me I should read it. So I took this card and opened it up. And this is what it said on the front of the card. It said, to our friendship. And I opened it up and here was what the friend wrote. Dear Sarah, thanks for being an awesome friend. I hope our friendship would never end. And I'm reading this and I'm, you know, thinking that it's sweet and I get to the next line and I had to read it twice to make sure that I got it right. This is what the next line of this Christmas card said, the final line of this Christmas card. It said, "When I play with you, I feel like I'm in Wisconsin." <laughs> pretty pretty astounding. And beautiful in a way that is uh, kind of elusive to put your finger on. This little girl is obviously going to be our nation's poet laureate one day. And at first glance, it was certainly one of the most mysterious lines that I had ever read in a Christmas card. But my guess is that every one of us here tonight probably knows exactly what it was that she meant to convey. Wisconsin, for whatever reasons that little girl has, means a lot to her. It is an important place to her, a meaningful place to her. And when she plays with Sarah, it points her there. And that makes me think of this beautiful story that we have heard and read together this evening, the story of the birth of Jesus as Luke tells it to us. It's full of all kinds of beauty and all kinds of mystery. It's full of things that stick in our imaginations. It's full of things that have inspired the world's best poets and painters and ponderers in every generation since, since the time it was written up until this very night. We're not really ever going to get to the bottom of this story. But just like that mysterious line in Sarah's Christmas card, I think that all of us here tonight know. We all know, even if we can't put it into words, even if we are reluctant to put it into the words that we do have, even if we have our doubts on our best days, I think we all know what Luke's story is meant to convey. All of it. All of it. The shepherds, the angels, the late-night birth, the light, the wonder, the pondering, the praising. All of it is meant to be a pointer to the God who orchestrated the whole thing. It tells us what this God is really like, and in doing that, it tells us what he thinks about people like us. And so it is, as the angel puts it right in the middle of the story, it is good news of great joy, for all the people. Luke's story tells us that God comes to people like us. He comes to people like you and me. Luke uh, signals this right from the start of his story. I mean, the first person named in the story of the night of Jesus' birth is not Jesus. It's not Mary. It's not even Joseph. It is Caesar Augustus, the Roman emperor. The guy whose power and will spread out across the known world with unchallengeable might. Luke tells us that Augustus sent out a decree that the whole world was supposed to be registered. Of course, this wasn't because Augustus was simply curious about where his people were and who they were. It's because when you know who and where the people are, you have a much better idea of how much revenue you can get from them. It is a power-making play on Augustus' part, and he snaps his fingers, and the whole world jumps into action. It is it's pretty impressive, until you realize that Luke has used old Augustus as a big, fat setup. Because with your mind on the limitless power of the Roman emperor, the contrast with regular, everyday people like Mary and Joseph is staggering. And that is the point. They don't have any power. Mary and Joseph are a couple of scared teenagers. Their their lives have been turned upside down by Mary's pregnancy. I'm sure that there are some folks who were close to Mary and Joseph who believed Mary's fantastic story that She was pregnant with a child who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, but let's be honest, a lot of folks definitely didn't believe it. We know from Mark's Gospel that the shameful whispers and the shameful accusations followed Mary and Joseph and Jesus for their entire lives. And so there they are coming out of that pregnancy, and now they have to make this 75-mile journey in the waning days of Mary's pregnancy. When they get there, there's all the normal places to stay are full. They have to stay where the animals are kept. And then Mary goes into labor and then her husband Joseph, who's a carpenter, catches the baby and the baby is born. And then they have to put it in a feed box. This is not, you know, home for the holidays for them. It is a mess. And it, and it couldn't be more clear, could it? that God comes to people like us. People who are in the middle of whatever it is we're going through, feeling as out of control as we really are, wondering what in the world might be thrown in our way next. I can't know, of course, what it is you're going through tonight, what it is that maybe your family is facing. You know, maybe some of you are worried about a relationship that is faltering Or a parent who's aging or a child whose future is uncertain to you. Some of us feel really lonely. Others of us feel hard pressed and panicked about the big load of debt that we're carrying. Maybe you've tried and tried to kick an addiction and you can't. Maybe there's something from your past that affects you every day. Listen, I I have my own list of things like that. We all do. And for people like us, Luke has some good news of great joy. God comes to people like us. He runs to people like you and me. As the angel put it to a bunch of other really normal, everyday people facing whatever they had to face, A bunch of shepherds working the late shift that night. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So what is this God who comes really like? You know, the child is born, he is there in the feed box, and now our attention is focused on him. The poet Lucy Shaw puts it like this, Quiet he lies, whose vigor hurled the universe. He sleeps whose eyelids have not closed before. And that is the giant mystery that shimmers not only at the heart of Luke's story, but at the heart of the Christian faith. When God comes, he comes as one of us. God comes as us for us. God becomes lowly for the lowly. He makes himself weak and vulnerable for the weak and the vulnerable. The God of all things seen and unseen gladly becomes the baby of the feed box. And he does it for you and me. There's this great detail in the story that is really easy to miss because we've heard it so many times. We heard it again tonight. It's that moment when the angels angel tells the shepherds out on that dark hillside outside of the city that a king has been born in Bethlehem. And this is what the angel says. Here's the sign that you know you will have stumbled onto the right place. Here's the sign that you will see to know that what I'm saying to you is true. You will find a baby lying in a manger in the feeding trough is <laughs> so audacious right no one would ever ever put their newborn baby into a feed box unless they really really had to just about any other place would be better but here's an angel telling them this is how you know you will have stumbled onto the birth of the true king of the entire world he'll be in a feed box I mean, God could have come any way he wanted to come. And this is the way that he wanted, in humility. And of course, that's the way Jesus lived, and that is the way Jesus died. There is a straight path from the manger to the cross, and that path is paved with the fiery and untamed love of God for people like you and me. He enters into that path. He walks on that path so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be restored, so that we and this whole world can be made new again by his grace. So Luke tells us after the night is spent, after the shepherds go away, after things return back to whatever normal might be for Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, Luke says Mary reflected on what had happened. She uh, treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. That's a great way for Luke to end the story. He's not so subtly elbowing us in the ribs, inviting us to do the same thing. Think about this. Ponder this. So to all who believe tonight, to all who don't believe, to those who wish they could, to those who have no idea what to make of any of it, the words of the angel stand. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. Amen.